As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Welcome to the 4-1 edition of Civilized Barking, the four-game winning streak. Jason, I knew it had been a long time. Uh, I kind of thought there was one in between. The last time they won four straight was at the end of 09. They were 1-11 under Eric Mangine, and then they ran off four. Uh, The vibe is different. The look is different. The stakes are different. Um, You know, it's always a little wild. There's always things to nitpick. But the Browns um, are headed in a positive direction. The Browns are finding ways to win. And even though it's not quite uh, mid-October, the Browns are going to the playoffs unless they totally melt down. Yeah, it's funny you just said that because as you were talking in the intro, I'm thinking, do do, do we have the playoff conversation now? Um, I, I was looking for their updated odds. I, have you found them? Do you know just being the, the yeah last generic- week and, and this week in Browns they were minus one eighty to make the play. I mean the schedule. Everybody's well aware of, of what right. the schedule is, and right. um, you know this was a big game. This is potentially a tiebreaker game. This is a home game against an AFC opponent. Like if you're going to get in without winning your division, then you needed to get this one, and they did. I started to call you a degenerate gambler and you cut me off. So I, I didn't get the gambler out. You cut me off a degenerate. I don't want people to think I was calling you a degenerate. I was calling you a degenerate gambler. There's a difference. By now, people assume. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. No, Go. let me say this. Let, let's the start there. Uh, I, I had a pretty good feeling that the Browns were going to win today. The Colts are missing Darius Leonard. That was a big deal. And big I knew loss. the Browns yep. were going to miss Nick Chubb. But I had a pretty good feeling. And the way Stefanski called that first half, the way Baker threw it, and the way they stayed on the attack, um, they built that lead. And then, frankly, what happened is is Phil Rivers um, sabotaged any chance his team had to win the game. So the Browns won the game. The Browns played well for two and a half quarters, and Miles Garrett dominated the game. But Phillip Rivers gifted you a win here. You had to take it, and you did. It's another one. It's good vibes. It's 4-1. You, you know, you how many times have you said that the NFL is built for close games? The games are supposed to be 
this way. It's supposed to be hard. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, Baker in the first half was terrific. I, I think I tweeted after the first quarter. It was an excellent quarter. He was getting the ball out quick, making great reads. I don't know what the hell happened to him in the second half. And he said post game he felt like this was his worst game of all five, even when he had it rolling in the first half. He felt like he missed the, the drive at the end of the first half should have been a touchdown. He was upset that it was only three. Uh, so he was very realistic and critical of himself. Yes. But, hey, NFL games are supposed to be ugly. They're supposed to be hard. They're supposed to be one score come down to the end. It's just we haven't seen that for 25 years, so well, we're not aware. I've had to trust you who tells me every week that this is the way it's supposed to be. And we're, and now we're seeing it now the last couple of weeks that – it's not always pretty, but they're figuring it out. Yeah, and, and the defense really um, is the story here, right? I thought Baker's first half was his best half, and that that's important because you need to see increased comfort level, right? Absolutely. You need, you need to see that improvement. But the defense holding them to field goals, forcing the turnovers, obviously, including cashing in one that was gifted. Um, that's the big deal. The Colts only had 15 first down, Jason's, Jason. Um, you only threw for 240 even though it felt like they were getting 8 or 12 yards whenever they needed it, right? Miles um, Garrett took their lunch money. They double-teamed him. They triple-teamed him. A huge holding call in the third quarter forces the Colts to settle for a field goal. He makes a sack on the first drive, and then he gets the pressure on the safety. I mean, just inexplainably bad coaching to drop your immobile 80-year-old quarterback back there in the end zone, right? And the Browns take advantage. And that doesn't happen without – Jamie Gillen landing the punt there. So that is situational, complimentary football, and that's how you find a way to win, regardless of how wild it was or what the numbers say either way. Well, can we back that up one more play? Because I feel like you and I have had this conversation before. Whatever happened to on punt returns, you put your heels at the 10-yard line, and anything that goes over your head, you let it go. What in God's name are they doing fair catching a punt at the four? That goes into the end zone if he doesn't touch it. That's um, a really good question. Yeah, I, I, but we I don't see it know more it and more. Like, this is yes. the new thing. Like, I've never, that sound, it worked 20 years ago. That's one of those rules that applied 20 years ago. It should apply to me. Put your heels on the 10 yard line, anything over your head, more than likely is going in the end zone. Correct. And, and you like have to take your chances, right? That the, they will not down it. If they do, they do. Then they do. Um, yeah. But especially at the four. Yeah. No, at the four, you're right. I mean, he can look down. He, he didn't misread the 10 and the seven. Right. Like he can look down. He's inside the five yard line. Like, right. Yeah. Um, that's bad NFL football. And, and I just thought, like I said, I, I thought the Browns outcoached the Colts today. I, I thought the Browns were the smarter team, the more aggressive team. And then obviously it paid off. I mean, that safety makes it a nine point game and changes everything. Huge. Everything Huge. about how the yep. rest of the game is played. Right. Yeah. So. You know, it's it's never just one play. Um, it's a series of them, and you can count to some big plays, like I said. Uh, it's a great throw by Baker on the first touchdown. It's an even better catch by Kareem Hunt to go do it. Yep. Odell makes, even by his standards, an absolutely inhuman catch. Um, the Colts get fooled into challenging that. They lose a timeout, you know. Um, just – and then Miles. Um, four quarterback pressures officially, the one sack, but just really – dominating, making them account for for them. Um, Rivers steps up. They double-teamed him on the red wine interception. Rivers steps up uh, thinking that he's coming and flings it over the middle, and there's three brown jerseys there, 
red wine picks it, and and that's essentially the game ceiling pick. So, um, pass defense was better. They got off the field on third down today. That's huge. They won the situations, but the story continues to be: you get the turnovers, you cash them in, and I don't care who you're playing or what the circumstances are. That is the winning formula in this league. You know, we touched on this last week about the Browns defensively, and you know the. They're just going to have to win this way by outscoring teams, and this offense is, is capable of doing it. And you're going to give up a lot of points. If you look around the league, this is the way. This is just the way the NFL is. And, and you know, I, I kind of touched on it in a column this week when you talk about the numbers that quarterbacks across the league are putting up this year. It is staggering. There were ten quarterbacks with completion percentages over seventy percent coming into this week. Defensive pass interference calls have exploded. Offensive holding calls are down. So the game is meant to be high scoring, a lot of yards, you know, that they they've rigged it that way. So I have to say that I don't think I'm as, I mean, we've said for weeks, the Browns back seven is atrocious and they're going to have to overcome it. I don't think that's changed, but I think that there's, that's just the case around the league. There's just a lot of teams that are getting gashed with big plays and chunk plays and and scoring and everything. We're going to see numbers at the end of this year. We are on pace to see staggering historic, offensive performances by the end of the year. I think it's just, I don't think that we overblown the Browns problems. I think this is just the way that the league is now. Um, I completely agree. And in that scenario, don't be the first team to royally screw up, right? Of course you get a penalty. Of course you drop a ball. Uh, And even Stefanski, who I thought was great. Why in the hell is he throwing on second and nine with two thirty left and a quarterback that had already gotten the shit knocked out of him at least once. Right. Um, I don't know, but, like the Colts really made the bigger screw ups and the first screw ups, quite frankly. So that opened the door. And 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 speaking of Stefanski, the play designs early in the game and creating windows for Baker and keeping them guessing. Um, the designs are beautiful, but the Browns are so good running the ball, Jason, that he really has everyone involved guessing and uses that play action and those rollouts so effectively specifically early in the game before they haven't seen it, right? Because you're just saying we know they're going to run. They're a running team, right? Or we know they want to get it to Odell if they do throw. So here's what we're going to do. Well, all of a sudden, the tight ends are involved. There was a screen to a tight end. Kareem is an excellent pass catcher, right? Jarvis, now two weeks in a row, uh, not huge numbers, but plays early in games because they know he's getting a favorable matchup. They know they're catching the defense, um, either sleeping or they're putting Jarvis on his favorite routes. Like, <laughs> I just think really well done by this coach. And, and you know, Baker had the x-rays after the game. Uh, I was working on a project for the desk. I wasn't on the Zoom. I, I know what he said. I'll let you talk a little bit more about what he said. But, um, you know, you need him to be healthy. But you you see how this can keep getting better as he gets more comfortable and gets more reps. I mean, this is still game five for these guys together in any kind of competitive environment. Yeah, I'm not thrilled. Well, first of all, let's touch on the uh, what he said post game. I was in the Zoom room, and yeah, he did say he had X-rays. He couldn't. Obviously, he's not <laughs> equipped to read them, uh, but he doesn't. He he certainly sounds like a quarterback who expects to play next week in Pittsburgh. He said, "Mama didn't raise no wuss." Uh, if he's got cracked ribs, that may be a different story. But he seemed to play through it okay. Now let's see how he feels when he wakes up tomorrow. Um, but you know, at this point, let's assume he's playing next week. 
I don't know that I love them throwing it 37 times. I'm wondering what you think. And I want to get into also just the, the complexity of the system. Um, Ted Gwynn, our, our film guy, did an excellent breakdown this week on the Browns. And throughout the week, as he was sort of looking at the offensive line, I was having conversations with him about Baker and just his role in this offense and, and why this is a tough system for quarterbacks in their first year. But the fact that they came out throwing it so much, you alluded to it earlier, is that – and I guess we have to wait until next week to find out, although the Steelers obviously have another stout defense – is that the loss of Chubb or is that the way that the Colts defend that, that the Browns wanted to hit him with the pass early? I think it's a little bit of the loss of Chubb just because you know you're missing those powerful inside runs where he's making guys pay and where he also can take what should be a three or four yarder and make it an eight or 12 yarder. But I, I, th- I just think it's the natural progression of this offense of what you want to do and how you keep them guessing. Um, they're really good up the middle with the Forrest Buckner and we can't forget they're missing one of the game's best rangiest linebackers so the Browns hit him with a bunch of play action and design rollouts and tested those linebackers Austin Hooper kept busy you know uh reverse action jet sweep action even when they didn't go to it with Jarvis and with Odell I think it was absolutely by design um you know not only to get confidence but to attack them in certain spots and it worked the Colts were giving up only 236 yards per game which it's a number. They played the Jets. I get it, right? Uh, but as you mentioned, in this historically high-scoring NFL, that's a staggering number. 236 a game for four games. The Browns had 284 in the first half. Baker was almost at his pre- at his previous high yards for a whole game by halftime, and it was to different guys. Like Odell had a really good football game, and he's playing awesome. Outside that one catch, did he have any great moments? Were his overall numbers great? No. They spread it around. He's throwing it to the open guy, and Stefanski's drawing those guys open. And that was Baker. When he he had it rolling as a rookie, that's what he did best. He sprayed it around. He got everybody involved. He made Brashard Perryman look like Odell Beckham. Uh, So that's really when he's at his best. And I want to go back and touch on this. I had to go back and find the quote. When I was talking to Ted this week, as he he dove into the, the film of the Browns, and he said, he told me this offense is timing-based. Quarterbacks have to make quick reads and be precise with anticipating throws in the short to intermediate areas. That takes time to develop. I thought in the first half, Baker was really decisive and quick. I thought he was getting the ball out fast. He wasn't really he, – he was just he, – he's just kind of get, taking what they give him. And I know that sounds cliche to say, but he was, he was doing a great job of finding the open man and hitting him. And then on the pick in the second half, it comes right after a sack, and he even acknowledged it in the in – the, Zoom room that he had Jarvis open underneath. He's going for a big play to Hooper and he throws it into coverage. So I, maybe this is just the growing pains of a new system. Maybe this is still just a young quarterback trying to be too aggressive. Again, I just, I don't understand how he could go from that good in the first half to that bad in the second half. And I'm curious to see how that rolls into next week against another really, really good defense. He still missed some throws in the first half. He played excellent, but he still missed some throws. He did. He did. And he missed high on a lot. And yes. again, it makes you wonder, is he is it's going to be high because he's trying to get it over 6'5 linemen and he's giving up five inches to him. Yeah, I mean, my answer right now, you know, one hour past the game, is that the plays are so well designed and they're stunning them with new things and with doing things exactly how they drew them up on Wednesday and Thursday early in the game that – when teams adjust and the Colts are a good defense and they're a really well coached defense. Uh, you know, their defensive coordinator has been in this for a long time and has had head coaching interviews. One of them here 
I know sometimes that doesn't count because they have a new head coach every single year, <laughs> but like they they just they saw what the lanes were. They they started keying on on different things, right? Um, and this was very much a game, you know. Uh, even after the pick six, which you should put it away, then the kickoff return happens right after that. You know, the Browns didn't punt for the first three quarters. Then they went two straight three and outs with the game very much in doubt. The defense really, really stepped up. Um, you know, word just came across that the Baker's x-rays were negative. Uh, we figured that. He acted like that. Um, the Browns play another really good defense next week. Now, I didn't see a bunch of the Steelers game today. They got blitzed by Travis Fulham, um, a receiver who was cut about four times this summer. But they found a way to win. And, you know, this is this is what we say here on every podcast, right? The Browns are back when they win in Heinz Field. They have won once in Heinz Field, which opened in 2001, right? So um, not to get away from, from this game, but the moment is here, right? And so this offense that we've seen, and he does have one really good half today to build upon. They do have one game without Nick Chubb under their belts to pick out what they liked, what they didn't. Um, here we go with with the real challenge to find out, okay, really, we know what the record is, right? We know they're playing well, and we know they look like an NFL football team and play like a smart team most of the time. But really, where do they stand against one of the big boys? We're seven days from finding out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Throw out the Ravens. You know, let's just let's just discard that game for a moment. It feels like the schedule has aligned. I mean, first of all, we said this three-week stretch is going to show us who the Browns really are. Uh, you know, last week with Dallas, this week with Indy, and next week with Pittsburgh. But even beyond that, it's just been a progression from the Bengals to the Redskins. You know, I think – I guess you could argue I think Redskins are a little bit better than the Bengals. And then Dallas – and Indy's better than Dallas. And now the real test comes. So it's been it's, – it's painted a good picture because it's been each opponent – Again, discarding Baltimore, each opponent since then has been a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. And the Browns' performance has matched it. So that's why I guess I'm extremely optimistic uh, about this because they're just lining teams up and beating them. This isn't trickery. This isn't, you know, I felt like in the old days they would they would score wins against teams that you didn't expect, but they pulled out every trick play you could imagine to get it done. They're just lining up and they're better than the teams that they're facing. And right now they're in a stretch of facing some really good teams. Yeah, um, th- this this is this was a huge test today. This was a playoff type of game. Philip Rivers did not deliver a playoff type performance, but Miles Garrett did, right? And, and like I said, th- all sorts of implications. 
And in case you guys are just tuning in for the first time, um, I'm well aware that it's week five, right? But when you just look at this Brown schedule, if they can survive this stretch and continue to get better and stay a little bit healthy, it's really bad later in the year, like games they can win, right? And then you mix that with the natural progression they should be making as a team with new coaches, new schemes, still relatively young, lost the whole preseason, all of that that you know, right? Um, they weren't. They hadn't been three and one since two thousand and one. That's lifetimes ago. They had four and one um, for the only the second time in the new era, um, or no, the first time in the new era. Excuse me. Four straight for only the second time in the new era. First time since nineteen ninety four. Bill Belichick was the coach of the Browns. The last time they won four straight. So, um, you know, confidence comes from this. Knowing you have to do it. And yeah, I I, I still think there's upside. Um, in a lot of ways with, with this team, Jason. And I, when Baker looks in that huddle, I wrote this in first thoughts. He sees a lot of playmakers. So as they get more comfortable, as they get more accustomed, as they get in some of these games in some of these different situations. I mean, tonight it was Dearness Johnson, of all people. with the That's two straight weeks he's been the closer, right? Yeah. There's just reason to think that eventually they need to go out and score 32 or so. 35, 38 against a pretty good team. There's reason to think that eventually they can and really win a big game. Control time possession today. I think I have to look at the final numbers. I think it was 10 minutes, 10 minutes more. They had the ball in the Colts. They, they just, they just, they won in all the areas that they needed to win. Uh, and, and now maybe we're getting to the point where we're just repeating ourselves, but I'm just in shock that, that the Browns are doing this. And, you know, it's funny for all of the, not criticism because I don't think anyone necessarily criticizes Stefanski higher, but it was a, I I'm not going to believe it until you prove to me that you got it right this time. And, and I think that's fair. I think it was fair to be skeptical of it, but boy, it feels like this is the first time since he's been here that they're listening to Paul D. Bedesta and Paul finally got his coach. He finally got the guy he wanted and Stefanski has delivered in every facet we've covered it so many times from the pandemic to the, to the mispractices, the missed opportunities in the off season, the unfamiliarity, he couldn't even move here until much later. And, and to still be able to pull this off uh, the Browns are the, the team of the NFL right now, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. they're the story of the NFL this year. Well, you mentioned this, this key stretch of the schedule in terms of handling success and, you know, this game followed by two division games and all that. And I went on some long rambling answer, but let me sum it up by saying this. We don't know what's going to happen next week. We know it's a huge measuring stick game, right? And we don't know coming out of that, that that's going to be a maturity test going to Cincinnati where you know you're better than them man for man, but they really want to beat you, right? And you'll be off that big game, win, lose, or draw, whatever it may be. So when you think about that stretch, finding a way to win today was huge, right? Huge. And then when you say to yourself, it's only week five, this it, everything still is new. You know, last week they led by 27 and things got hairy and Dallas didn't even try on defense. I don't know. Coming out today and playing your best offensive half to start and then probably your best defensive half to finish, everything is really good for the Cleveland Browns right now. And we got four more quarters of a much bigger test, a really important test next Sunday. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What are we going to say if they win next week? (laughs) We're going to say that Kevin Stefanski, where have you been our whole lives? Um, (laughs) We're going to say that, well, the word, the word would be out, right? I think the word's out on my list. I think the word's out. I think the word, no. this win today, I, 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 I think they're the story of the NFL right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, people know Odell Beckham and people knew how last year went. I mean, the guy had a thousand yards. The guy still had highlight plays in a lot of games. It was a bad year. He said it was a bad year. Like that's how high the bar is for him, Right. The bar has been incredibly low for the Browns for many reasons, for every aspect of the organization. Now you're coming in and, like, I expected this offense to go right on the attack right away today and look sharp. I thought it was a huge win for the Colts to hold them to three on the first drive, and the Browns still ended up with 20 points and a 10-point halftime lead. Played really, really well, right? Not perfect, but really well without Nick Chubb, without Wyatt Teller, who had been the best guard in the league by pro football focus, left in the – First quarter or first drive of the second quarter. Anyway, didn't have him for the last three quarters, right? Chris Hubbard, who's never played guard in a game before, at least not for a long time, came in. The Browns ran. They rolled out. They ran play action. They moved the ball. Um, so, again, the special teams are still an adventure. They stepped up. The pass defense is still an adventure. They stepped up. And we have to see, you know, Baker has to be better in the fourth quarter, and there will come this game probably this week, where he needs to bring them back rather than protect the lead, right? But, like, for right now, for where this team is, where the calendar is, where the schedule is, and where the overall progress is, yeah, I mean, you're handing out positive grades. They're handing out positive vibes, saying, hey, we're we're very least interesting, and maybe in, in a month or so we might be playing really well. Wrap us up and get us out of here. I got nothing else. My final thought, I guess, from all this is that they've they they threw the ball more than they ran the ball today. I did not expect that. Maybe you did. It sounds like maybe you saw that coming. I never expected that. I'll be curious to see throughout the rest of the year how often that happens. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just not as simple as we want to run or this is our best personnel group, right? Like, it's about excelling in the situations and. Kareem is dynamic. Um, how about the one, you know, the touchdown catch was incredible. But how about the one screen pass where he just bowls over the first guy and cuts back and is, like, inviting the contact? You yeah. Know, like, come come get me. He's a freaking pinball, right? Well, he told me last year when I did the thing on if you could change, if you could be commissioner of the day, and he said there's not enough hitting. I, I want to hit. They've taken yes. all the hitting out of the NFL. It's like, oh, my God. There's not yeah. many running backs that are trying to hit people. So – we will see. I mean, listen, Olivier Vernon left. Uh, Harrison, who had the pick six, got evaluated for concussion. We don't know. We know Baker's x-rays are negatives. He's going to be extremely sore. Like, this was a physical game. The Browns lost two different – You know, did, already didn't have Ogunjobi. Both of their starting defensive tackles today left at different times. Richardson came back in. Like, you're really going to have to circle the wagons on, on multiple fronts here. But, um, you know – Hopefully Kevin Stefanski's having a victory drink tonight. I know Andrew Barry probably isn't, but they should be really proud 
of the work they've done in this situation, right? And I think fans, no matter how this week goes, no matter how a lot of these big picture things turn out, like this, this, this team is doing what it needs to most of the time and obviously for four straight weeks has made more winning plays. And today, against the best opponent you faced since week one, the Browns just flat out made more winning plays. The Browns delivered in the big spots. Phil Rivers and the Colts did not. Four and one. Yep. All right. Four and one. Um, Subscribe to The Athletic. Download the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Um, We will be here. We'll we'll check back later in the week and get ready for Pittsburgh. Um, It's it's a crazy week. It's four and one. Uh, Enjoy it. Thanks for listening.